Hi everybody and uh, welcome back to the latest instalment of our study into the book of 1st John and chapter 4 and that one verse from verse 4 which is greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And I think it might be a good thing to uh, start by reading the scriptures. Uh, so once again if you get your Bibles, um, open it up on, a, on your screens or whatever then we can find um, 1st John chapter 4 and the first six verses. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that doesn't acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that the entrance of your word brings light. Thank you, Lord God, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I pray, Lord God, that this morning as we once again uh, study your word, that, Lord God, that you would speak to us by your spirit, but that every heart of every person, Lord, that is listening to this or watching this, Lord, would receive a revelation from you of just who you are in them. That, Lord God, that we may be transformed as a people, that we may be fulfilling your will in the world. And Lord, once again, I surrender myself to you. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you have promised to anoint my lips to enhance the kingdom of God. And that, Lord God, that you are willing to use me as a conduit to flow through. So, Lord, I yield my lips to you. Lord, that you may use them for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. To be honest with you, looking back at last year, I think it might just go down in the annals of history as one of the craziest years ever recorded. It seems to me as if the spirit of Antichrist that is in the world is creating as much havoc as he can because he knows that his time is short. And it seems that 2021 is... Uh, already going to give 2020 a run for its money. We have seen and are seeing a virus that's killed hundreds of thousands throughout the world and infected and hospitalised millions more. In the UK, we still have people locked up inside their homes, sacrificing incomes and time with their families in their efforts to avoid infection Livelihoods have been lost. Throughout the world, businesses have folded 
or have been burned down in riots. There's been an election chaos in the USA where millions of people were told that their vote doesn't matter and have been refused a platform to air their grievances. And in this sea of hopelessness, we have seen the rise of a spirit of lawlessness that has been spurred on by an ideology that is bereft of God and which takes advantage of individual tragedies in order to incite the mob. The people we elect and those we pay taxes to so that they can hire men and women to protect us have all turned into spineless cowards who would appease the mob and take the knee rather than confront them and restore some kind of law and order. The mainstream so-called spiritual leaders in the nations are just as spineless in their platitudes and in their language of surrender to social justice rather than surrendering to God and to the authority of his word. We have seen the rise of an ideology called critical race theory that, instead of bringing people together, is purposefully designed to cause division and to deliberately drive people apart. This is infecting all aspects of life, especially in the English-speaking world, and is causing untold psychological and spiritual harm to everyone who falls under its wicked spell. We are truly seeing the one that's in the world causing misery to millions, stirring up division and hatred between people of all kinds. It's like he knows he is now on borrowed time and that his end is drawing quickly near. I think we are seeing that verse from 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 3 and verse 1 to 5 being fulfilled in front of our eyes when it says, But know this, in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then Paul says, and from such people turn away. I know I've painted a pretty grim, but I think it's a realistic picture about the state of the world. But I also think that these are the perfect set of circumstances in which to see a mighty move of God. Because only God can sort this mess out. Only God can stir the hearts of men to repent and to trust in him and to turn to him. Eric Blair, also known as George Orwell, once said, in an age of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that we as Christians, we have the truth. We as Christians have and know the only way. 
and we have the life of God inside of us that can and will make a difference in the darkest recesses of men's hearts. For greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Men are looking to build a system where everybody gets equality of outcome. And we all know that in that system, some will always be more equal than others. And I'm telling you right this moment that we have the only thing that's powerful enough to bring unity into the hearts of men. And that is the gospel. The gospel is the only place where you can find equality of outcome and an equality of opportunity. Equality of outcome and that the gospel says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. An equality of opportunity because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So in the kingdom of God, everyone gets a fresh start and everyone is given the opportunity to make something useful of their lives for the glory of God. The gospel is the great equaliser. Paul says in Romans 1 and verse 16 that the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to all that believe, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And we must trust its power as we proclaim that gospel truth to the world. The gospel is the only thing that sees the darkness dwelling in all men's hearts and says that there is a solution to that infectious and generational sinful malady. And that it's only found through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ of Nazareth when he died upon the cross at Calvary. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and is desperately wicked. And we see that scripture being fulfilled every single day of the week. The deceit and wickedness within men's hearts being broadcast on news channels 24-7 for all to see. But the gospel is the only thing in the, world, in the whole wide world that tells us that all men are created equal. Because it tells us that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. You can find that in Romans 3.23. No man is unique in this. No man is above any other man. All of us that have been born of woman have been created equal in this respect. And all men deserve the punishment that comes with this sinful nature that we have all inherited. All you have to do to receive that punishment is to do nothing. If you are living your life in this world without God, then you don't deserve to spend eternity with God. Don't tell me that you're a good person either, because when you face God at the judgment of all men, you will find out that all of us has become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags before him. You can find that reference in the book of Isaiah 
and chapter 64 and verse 6. But I offer you some hope. There is hope. And there is a solution that has been provided by God. Because he tells us through the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 36 and verse 26 that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's the only solution that will work. And that has been proven to work for all people of all races, shapes and shades, wherever they are in the world. I don't care if you're white, black, brown, whether you're from the middle of Africa or from or Northern European, if you look Chinese or Polynesian or Asian or a mixture of everything, that promise of God Almighty is for you. He wants to transform your heart of stone and give you instead a new spirit and a new heart of flesh. God takes it upon himself to perform a heart transplant for all who ask him for one. God stepped into human history and took the punishment for sin that we deserved and he took it upon himself. Romans 5 and verses 6 to 8 says, You see, at just the right time when we were still sinners and still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, although for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the gospel is also the only thing that tells us that the church is represented in heaven by all types of people, black, white, brown and yellow. Revelation verse, uh, chapter 7 and verse 9 says that after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's a massive message of hope and reconciliation between men and women of all types. That we as a church must bring to the world. We must continue the work of John Newton. We must continue the work of William Wilberforce. We must continue the work that was started by the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr in bringing men to an understanding that when men are reconciled to God through Jesus, we are reconciled to each other. That message that there is an amazing grace for all who call upon the name of the Lord. The Gospel says in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 9 to 11, that you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and is in all. 
That new man is the one charged by God to bring the message of hope to the world. The message that there is a God who sees their suffering, that there is a God who will bring justice to the poor and oppressed, but only if they surrender to him. So church, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, preach the gospel, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And you can find that in 2 Timothy chapter 4. For he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Now I don't know you. I don't know whether you know Jesus or not. I don't know whether you think that you're a good person. But as we've already seen in the message today, there is no one good. All of us have sinned. All of us are not faultless before God. Each one of us has sinned. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And if you've not had that heart transplant that God promises in Ezekiel to turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh, then you can have that right now. If only you would surrender your life to Jesus, acknowledge the wickedness and the sinfulness of your own heart and your own life, and ask him to come in to cleanse you, to set you free, that you might become the righteousness of God and may stand with us who do know him in eternity. And I pray that you would do that. You need to repent. You need to believe. You need to receive. And then you need to go out with joy, with the changed heart that God will give. Will you do that? I pray that you do. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you all for once again uh, enduring the last uh, 18 minutes. <laughs> and I pray that uh, you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. May the Lord be blessing to you. May he prosper you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And one last thing. Don't forget to subscribe, to like and to share and to hit the notification bell. Uh, just to let you know that these uh, these messages will hopefully go up every Saturday at 12 noon UK time. May you be blessed in Jesus name. Amen.